Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. I think that we can look to the persecuted church and um, we can learn a lot from them about what it is to persevere in faith and to be victorious in our faith, even in the midst of the most dark days and difficult situations. We have learned from them that their faith is unshakable. This Sunday is International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. People across the country and across the world are being asked to join together in prayer for those who are being persecuted for their faith in Jesus Christ. Today we're joined by Reverend Gary Stegg. He's the Executive Director of Open Doors Canada. He's going to give us an update on the situation when it comes to the persecuted church. He's also going to share with us how we can pray for those being persecuted. Reverend Gary Stagg joins us today. He's the Executive Director of Open Doors Canada. Coming up on November 7th, we have the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. Tell us a little bit about that day and the importance of that day. Well, it's an important day. It's been actually going for quite a number of years, as long as I can remember. I remember it 25 years ago, so... Uh, It was started long before that, and it's an international day of prayer for the persecuted church. It's um, happening all all over the world on this particular day, and uh, just really important because it brings awareness once again to our brothers and sisters around the world who are suffering um, unspeakable persecution for just being a Christian. 340 million of them this year who are experiencing at least high to extreme levels of persecution. And um, it's important because when we ask them, what, um, what can we do for you? You know, we, we want to reach out to them. We want to, we want to help them where, where they are. Uh, it, it's very interesting. The, always the answer that we get is, please pray for us and don't forget about us. They don't ask for money. They don't ask for anything else, but they ask for prayer. And so, very important that we um, that we do. I mean, it's the least we can do, isn't it? Yeah, that's good to know because I think a lot of times we kind of feel helpless that, quote, all we can do is pray, but that's such a great starting point, isn't it? Right, exactly, yeah. What is it about uh, prayer, um, yeah, that, that is important for this issue, do you think? You know, these people... Um, uh, they they understand the power of prayer because um, they're in situations where sometimes that's all they have is just to really hold on to faith and believing that God will come through um, in some very, very difficult situations. I think it's hard for us to understand because, um, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty comfortable in Canada. Um, we have pretty much everything we need and uh you know for them they every day is is a is a challenge every day is um an answer to prayer that they get another day and so you know it it really becomes um something of a living thing you know praying and just holding on to god for 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 everything for your life <laughs> Uh, this year's theme for International Day of Prayer is unshakable faith. Tell us about that. Unshakable faith is, uh, you know, the the theme comes f- uh, 
it comes because uh, we know that even with all that they're going through, um, their their faith is unshaken. And so um, that's why we came up with this, because they're such an inspiration to us. And uh, we really believe that the persecuted church will become our mentors in, in the days to come. As um, you know, when we experience difficult times, even in the West, when it comes to things of faith, um, I think that we can look to the persecuted church and um, we can learn a lot from them about what it is to persevere in faith and to be victorious in our faith, even in the midst of the most dark days and difficult situations. So we have learned from them that their faith is unshakable through all of this. Up here in Canada, at least we live in a country where there's freedom and we just basically go about our day and we usually don't have problems and it can be easy to forget that there are people in this world that are dealing with this, that are being persecuted for their faith. What are some ways that we can constantly be reminded or ways that we can remember that there are people suffering just for their faith? Yeah, you know, just engaging with, uh, as I mentioned before, one of the things that they say, don't they say pray for us and don't forget about us. One of the ways that we can do that is to be um, not just, you know, a, a one day thing where we're praying for them on the International Day of Prayer. But also, you know, um, there are all kinds of resources available. I, I know with Open Doors Canada and other organizations as well. But I mean, I can speak for our organization uh, people can go and download a uh, prayer calendar from our website at opendoorscanada.org. Um, there's all kinds of prayer resources there that people can be praying every day. That's how I got started praying for the persecuted church. To be honest, uh, about 25 years ago, I didn't even know that the persecution of Christians was actually a thing. Shame on me. I was a pastor. And I didn't realize that uh, this was actually a thing. But uh, one day I came across a prayer calendar from Open Doors Canada and um, my eyes were opened. And so I began to pray on a daily basis for these brothers and sisters. And the prayer calendar is very easy to use. You just have a, a snippet of their life and uh, you can read it in, in, a, in a minute and then, you know, just stop and pray for them right there. And so we make those things available. We have Zoom prayer meetings as well every month, the first Tuesday of every month. We do it a couple of different time slots so we can accommodate people in Western Canada and Eastern Canada. Uh, we have text to pray. Uh, people can, uh, you know, uh, get texts on their phone so that uh, when there's something that's breaking in the persecuted church, something that's a, a critical need at the moment, they'll get a text about that, an alert. Uh, to just stop whatever they're doing right there and just uh, no matter even if they're in a grocery store they can just stop and just pray for that request right there we believe in the power of prayer we've seen god just do amazing things as as we pray now when we talk about persecution like i think a lot of us we think people are being murdered for their faith but persecution i know after talking to you it take several various shapes and forms, right? So what is persecution then? 
Well, persecution obviously is a it's a it's, it's different things to different people. I mean, you have people in Canada who might think they're being persecuted right now, you know. Uh, but if you take that and compare it to what's happening with Christians around the world, um, we can't really say that it's. I mean, I'm not going to say it's not persecution because I mean it's a very subjective thing. But Open Doors works with, I, I would say, the most persecuted in the world. If I can put it that way, I'm trying to be diplomatic, that uh, they work with the most persecuted in the world. And so, um, as I mentioned already, more than 340 million Christians uh, suffer high levels to extreme levels of persecution. Last year, there were, um, just in 2020 alone, there were 4,488 churches attacked or burned in the world. Um, Christians who were detained without trial, arrested, sentenced, or imprisoned. Uh, uh, There were uh, 1,710 Christians who were abducted. And of course, we have uh, Christians killed. That was 4,761 people that were killed for faith-related reasons. But the, the thing is, I think I've mentioned before to you that oftentimes when people think of persecution, they automatically jump to the uh, violence p- uh, piece. And, um, and the reality is, is that, um, you know, it's not always violence. That's, that's in, certainly true in some cases. And of course, you know, we mentioned those who have been killed for their faith. But um, there's also those who are um, just basically kept down every day, discriminated against in all kinds of different ways. I mean, in, in most of these countries that we're talking about, you have to have your religion on your government ID, which you have to use for everything. So in the case of certain places where right now they're receiving aid for COVID, you know, food and clothing and stuff like that, uh, Christians are automatically told to go and stand at the end of the line, knowing that uh, they're probably never going to get to the beginning of the line. And so they go home without anything being discriminated against because they're Christians. In other countries, they're relegated to the um, to the just the, the lowest of the low lowest jobs available. And so that will be cleaning the streets and and things like that. They they never get the opportunity to advance in that country because they are Christian. And it's known that they are Christians. In other cases, um, another example would be uh, their children getting a proper education. They're kept from proper education because of uh, the fact that they're just because they're Christians. And so, I mean, the list goes on and on and the way that they're discriminated against. And uh, so it's not all about violence, but it's about um, this discrimination and the squeeze, what we call the squeeze uh, that's put on their lives every day, this pressure that they live under just because they call themselves Christians. That's pretty amazing to think about, actually. Like, it would just be so much easier for their lives to just walk away from that faith then, right? Just say, okay, well, this isn't working out for me. Uh, but yet they <laughs> stay committed to their faith in Jesus. Like, why do you think that is? How do they do it? You know, they have, they, they, I think they are true disciples, true followers of Jesus, you know, that they've counted the cost. Uh, 
Um, you know, Jesus said, if you, um, you put your hand to the plow and look back, you're not worthy of, mm-hmm. of being a Christian, right? You know, so these people take these things seriously and they are true disciples of Jesus, true followers uh, of Jesus. And again, you know, they teach us so much in that way of what faith really, really looks like. And, and, you know, speaking of what, speaking of that, you, you, you mentioned about leaving their faith, uh, that they refuse to leave their faith. They refuse to deny Jesus. And, you know, I hear stories all the time of, um, Oftentimes it's young adults who have, you know, made that commitment that they're not going to deny Jesus. And we hear of honor killings and all kinds of things, because in many of these cases, they, their families would rather them die than be a Christian, but yet they will not deny Christ and they will, they will serve him to the death. But, you know, there's another aspect too, where um, we say they won't leave their faith, but uh, in, in many cases, you know, they have had the opportunity to actually move places, <laughs> like leave the country where they are. Um, I just, you know, one of the things that's inspiring about the Christians in Afghanistan right now is the number of them who've said, you know, they've, they've, they've had the opportunity to leave, to become refugees in neighboring countries, but they've decided to stay in the country, knowing what days are lying ahead for them. They've decided to stay because they don't want the light of Christ to go out in their country. They don't want the light of Christianity to go out. And they know that they are the only ones that can be the light of Christ in that country. And we hear that constantly of situations in, uh, in not only Afghanistan, but other countries as well, where, you know, they're given the opportunity to, to, to leave. And I think that most of us, we would hightail it out of there so quickly you know, just to be safe and for our family to be safe. But yet you got people in places like Afghanistan, places like war-torn Syria, where they just say, no, this is where God has us. This is where we feel the Lord wants us to be. And this is where we're going to serve him because we want Christianity to remain in this country. What's one huge thing that we can learn from those in the persecuted church? Because most of us will look at and say, well, here's what we can offer, but what can they teach us? Mm, They can teach us so much. Um, I I, I go back to just saying that I think the the thing that they, they teach us the most is to, is what it means to be a true disciple of Jesus Christ. Um, which is not always comfortable. You know, we often think, wouldn't it be wonderful to be, to have been one of the 12 of Jesus' disciples, you know, having that daily interaction with him, uh, being with him, uh, watching him do these miracles and all of those things. Wouldn't it just be wonderful to be one of the 12 disciples? But yet we remember, or maybe we don't remember that, all 12 of those disciples were actually murdered and Jesus constantly led those guys into places that were hostile to, to their faith. And, but yet they decided that they would follow him. They left their nets, they left their families and they followed him. And uh, I think that, you know, in the West and in Canada, um, I think the nets and the family thing represent some of the greatest things that we put our that we get our 
our um, security from our confidence and you know everything it because it, it talks about our it, it speaks to our, our income and the security of family and everything but yet you know when jesus called the disciples he claimed both of those and it's not that they didn't have um it's not that they didn't fish anymore and it's not that they didn't love their families it's just because jesus became preeminent in the life of that disciple and I think that's the greatest lesson that I can learn from our persecuted family members is that Jesus is preeminent in their lives. And when it comes to the situation of persecution and the persecuted church in 2021, are things getting any better or are they getting worse or are they just kind of staying at the same level? Overall, it just continues to get worse and worse every year. I mean, we're seeing the numbers escalate, you know, um, every year. There are some, there are some bright spots along the way. And, um, you know, certain things can happen and change the dynamics in a country, like an election or something like that. And we had uh, that happen this past year in Sudan and, uh, you know, it kind of changed things a bit. So we see bright spots like that. But uh, overall, overall, the um, Christian persecution is on the rise for sure. What would you like to see from churches here in Canada? What are some things you mentioned prayer and the prayer calendar before, but what other things can we be doing here as individuals or the church? Maybe, contacting MPs or anything like that? Yeah, well, we, we do, through Open Doors Canada, we have a, um, an advocacy arm. Nice. And so um, from time to time, we will actually do, uh, we will meet with the MPs in Ottawa. We just had one in July um, around the whole um, campaign for India that we, we had. And so we invited MPs, but in order for the MPs to get there, it takes people in their constituency, sending them invitations and telling them that they expect them to be there. And so we make, uh, you know, coming up in January, we will have the World Watch list launch on uh, Parliament Hill, uh, as we've done in the past number of years. But uh, it really is important that people of faith out there make sure that they invite their MP to come to that, encourage their MP. We provide all of the information. We provide uh, a digital link for them to send to their MP. Uh, We have physical cards that they can send to their MP, all different kinds of ways that they can actually encourage their MP and kind of hold them accountable to be there to hear about what's happening. in Christian persecution around the world. And and we're thankful because this has grown over the past number of years and we're seeing more MPs engage. Uh, Tell us, yeah, how we can find Open Doors Canada and stay up to date and get our church involved for this special Sunday in November. Yeah, if you just go to opendoorscanada.org, the main banner on the main page right now will be Unshakable Faith. International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. You can download and get a free IDOP resource kit. It'll have videos, uh, sermon outlines, worship suggestions, all kinds of resources 
just to make the job of pastors easier uh, so that they can um, have a successful event um, on um, on November 7th. So, yeah, it's uh, the, the kit is there and all you have to do is just go get it. Opendoorscanada.org. Thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Pleasure, always. And thank you so much for listening. Remember, if you want to listen to this full conversation, again, you can do that by checking out our podcast, Connections with Mike, Tom, and Colleen Ed. You can find that at podcastville.ca or wherever else you get your favorite podcast from. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.